listening to the Real Life Church Podcast. To learn more about Real Life Church, including our gathering times in Yuma, Arizona, visit us online at reallifeyuma.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Bob Van Horn. So welcome back to Real Life Church. Today we're going to continue in our series, Faith Works When Life Doesn't. Now my goal is when that crisis comes into your life, you're going to be able to rely upon your faith to carry you through. So my goal is to give you practical and biblical principles that will help you navigate your crisis the next time it comes. I really can't keep crisis from coming, you know that, but we can all be better equipped to handle it when it does come by our faith. So we're looking at this little book of James, and God actually gave us this book in the Bible to help us deal with stresses and pressure when crisis comes. The people that James wrote this book to were under enormous pressure. You might say a life-changing crisis. The Roman Empire had begun a severe persecution of Christians, and they were turning their lives upside down. Believers couldn't even meet together for the fear of death. So you know what they did? They scattered. I mean, they left the Roman Empire and then went to places that they were hoping were going to be much safer. I mean, places where they worshiped other gods, places where they were going that they didn't know anybody. They didn't have any land. They didn't have anything. I mean, that was a pretty severe crisis. And James writes this little book of about 108 verses that's jam-packed with how to deal with situations, how to deal with emotions, how to counteract some of those negative things that can happen when crisis happens. So today, I want to kind of talk to you, especially when you feel a little bit overwhelmed, a little bit unstable, maybe even when you're feeling a little bit insecure, especially what do you anchor your hope to? When I was in elementary school, I got to experience a tornado firsthand. I mean, the school right next to us, not my school, but the school next to us was actually picked up by the tornado and scattered everywhere. You know, tornadoes have a great way of picking up houses and cars and tossing them around like they're paper. And that's exactly what crisis does when it comes into our life. It messes us up. I mean, it messes us up relationally, financially, emotionally, and even spiritually. So when tornadoes come into our life, what do you anchor yourself to to get through them? Now, Jesus actually answered this question. He actually answered it in what we call the Sermon in the Mount, okay? And before we get to James, I want to read an excerpt from that Sermon on the Mount, and let's see if we can't find out what Jesus said we should anchor ourselves to. This is what he says. Everyone who pays attention to my word and puts it into practice is like a wise person who builds his house on the solid rock on a solid foundation. Jesus said, those are the people who listen to my word and do what it says. They build their house on a solid rock foundation. Then a storm arose and the rain poured down and the floodwaters rose and the storm winds beat hard against the house, yet it did not collapse. Nothing moved 
because it was anchored to the rock. But Jesus also said, Everyone who hears my word and does not practice it is like a foolish person who built his house on sand. And when the storm came, and it hit, and the rains poured down, and the flood waters rose, and the winds blew against the house, it completely collapsed with a huge crash. Now, I don't know if you noticed in that passage, um, there's a couple ways to live. There's foundations that are built on the solid rock or built on the sand. And Jesus did say when the storms come, there are three external forces you should be worried about. There are the torrential rains, the fierce winds, and the rising floodwaters. And if you think about that, the rain attacks your roof, the wind attacks your walls, and the floods attack your foundation. So in our world in which we live, I see little tornadoes all around us. There's the tornado of culture. There's the tornado of change. There's just a tornado of crisis. I mean, they're always blowing around us. And I'm going to tell you something. If they're blowing around us, we better make sure that we're anchored into something that's going to keep us, well, from being blown away. Look. I believe this to be true. There's something that God has given us that we can take to the bank today, that we can anchor ourselves in. It's called his word. Matter of fact, that's what Jesus said in that, you know, Sermon on the Mount. Those that hear God's word and do it are a wise people who build their house on the solid rock. Now, see, there's something to that. Because God's word is our hope. And I'm going to tell you this, not only is it our hope, but you're going to draw strength and the ability to anchor yourself in the midst of storm. And that's what I want to look at today. I want you to see how you can anchor your life on God's word and not be blown away in these little tornadoes that seem to wreak havoc around us. Now, James answered that question. He gives us some practical steps that we can use today to anchor ourselves. And by the way, if God promised it, it can come true, and it can come true in your life. But you've got to be willing to do it God's way. So how do you do it? Here's the first practical principle I want you to get. God's word is a gift. I want you to think about that for a second. God gave you his word as a gift to you personally. He wants you to know him. He wants you to rely upon him. He wants you to trust him. So he's given us his word, all right, for us to be able to trust him, to, for us to anchor our life into that word. Now, I want to read from you um, from James, okay? Because there's five different things inside of this, and I want to see if you can pick them up. Five different things about his word that I want you to see. First of all, he says this about his word. Every good gift and every perfect gift, every perfect present comes from God. It comes from God, our Father, above who created all the lights in the heavens. But unlike those lines that create shifting shadows, God never changes. God chose to give us life by giving us his word of truth. 
so that we could be his most important creation. I don't know if you've ever considered yourself this, but you are God's most important creation. I mean, you're more important than all the fishes and the cows and the horses and the worms. I mean, you're more important than a worm. He did not give his word to the worms. He didn't give his word to the horses. He gave his word to you. It's a gift from God to us. Why? Because it's beneficial. It's for our benefit. See, this is how we get to know who God is. I mean, he didn't give this to us so that we could put it on the shelf. He didn't give it to us so that we could kind of use it once in a while. He gave it to us so that we would know him personally. His word is good. His word is perfect. You can count on it. You know what perfect means? It means without error. I mean, it means you can trust it. God's word is true. It's always going to tell you the right thing to do. It's never going to lead you astray. It's always correct. It's going to teach you truth. And by the way, the Bible says its truth will set you free. Hmm. I think Jesus said that once a long time ago. By the way, God's word, just like God, is unchanging. I mean, it's never going to change. You know why? Because God never changes. I mean, if it was good 10,000 years ago, it's going to be good 10,000 years from now. His gift is dependable. You can depend on God's word. And the last thing, God's word is life-giving. I mean, this is where you find eternal life. This is where you receive eternity. This is where you receive salvation. God wrote it so we could have it. Man, if you don't know God's word, well, you probably don't know God the way God wants you to know him. I mean, uh, in Romans 15, Paul says this, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Now listen, and the scripture, God's word, gives us endurance and encouragement so that we can have hope. Maybe you've never thought about that, but God gave you his perfect gift so you could have hope. Even the parts you don't understand. I mean, even the parts you don't like. Everything that was written in his book was to give you and I hope. Treat God's word as a gift. Realize that that word is priceless. It is the owner's manual for our life. It is a good and perfect gift. Second thing when we come to God's word that I want you to hear, especially if you're going to be anchored in this solid foundation, is humbly accept whatever God says. I mean, again, sometimes God's word is hard to understand. Sometimes God's word is hard to follow. Sometimes God's word is difficult, and you don't like it, but humbly accept what it says. I like what James chapter 1 verse 21, it says this, it says, watch this, it says, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives, and humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts, for it is strong enough to save your souls. Humbly accept whatever God has planted in your soul. 
I would propose this. The next time that you get ready to read God's Word, I mean, before you read a verse, go ahead and just before you do it, just agree with it. Just say, God, I don't know what I'm about to read. I don't know if I'm going to understand what I'm about to read, but I humbly accept it because why? It's your word. I've heard a lot of people say this phrase. They say, God said it and I believe it, and that settles it. No, no, no. I want you to get out of that train of thought. God said it, and that settles it, whether you believe it or not. And that's humbly accepting God's word, well, as truth. By the way, I didn't skip this part, but I want you to also see this part. James said that we're supposed to rid ourselves of filth and evil in our lives. You know what that means, right? Before we come to God's word, we probably ought to do some weeding. You know what I mean? Um, weeding, pulling out the weeds, because weeds are not good. I'm talking about the sin in our life. I'm talking about the things that'll keep us from hearing what God wants to say to us when we read his word. I mean, get rid of the things that are going to keep you from doing that. Sin blocks you from hearing God. It's hard to hear from God when we got so much garbage in our life. So before you meet with God, take out the garbage. Do the weeding, whatever it is that you got to do. I mean, it, it is a biblical principle. It's called confession. We're to confess our sin okay, before one another. We're to confess our sin before God so that we might understand what God's trying to say to us through his word. Now, here's the final step. And I want you to hear this because this is so important. James says it. I'll let you hear from him, and then I'll make some comment. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And then James gives us an analogy. He says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away immediately and forgets what he looks like. In other words, it didn't do any good to look in the mirror. But keep on listening here. If we're to look intently, okay, into that perfect law that gives freedom. And if you continue to do this, not forgetting about what you've learned, but doing it. And if you do it, it says, then you will be blessed in whatever you do. Now, if you're taking notes and you want to be blessed in everything that you do, well, there's a few things that this verse says that we have to do. First of all, you got to listen to the Word of God. If you're going to anchor yourself today into something that's a little bit more solid than the shifting sand of today's culture or the constant change around us or whatever crisis that you're facing, if you want to anchor yourself into something that's going to count God's Word, then you need to listen to God's Word. And then he says you got to look intently. That means you got to study God's Word. And then he says you got to continue in God's word. That means you've got to make a habit in your life. And then the next thing he says, then you've got to memorize God's word. And the, then he says, if you do all that, then I'm going to bless you in every area of your life. Now, if you want to do, have a blessing, you're going to have to do what that verse says. So let's unpack that just a couple seconds. You should listen to God's word. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. We're listening to God's word. But unfortunately, I've said this before. Um, 
But you know that 90 to 95% of you are going to forget what we talked about in about 72 hours. So listening is good, but it's not the best thing. Listening is good, but it's not the best thing. Secondly, he says, look intently at God's word. I already said, I, I call that studying God's word. You, you, you know the difference between probably reading or listening to God's word and studying God's word? It, it comes down to what I call a pen or a pencil. I mean, writing things down, asking yourself questions, researching, looking things up. That's what it means to study God's word. I mean, there's a huge difference between reading and studying. And then the third thing in this passage, it says that we're to continue. I mean, you saw it right there in the Bible verse, continue. Make it a habit. I'm going to suggest this to you. Matter of fact, I came across this first time I've seen it, um, but I think it's a, a really good principle to put into practice. I call this the HWFWHWLW. Do you know what that means? I didn't. His word, first word, his word, last word. Now, what does that mean? This is what I would propose to you. Tonight, before you go to bed, I want you to open up your Bible, okay? Wherever you're reading, whatever you're studying, and just put it on, I don't know whether you have a, a table by your bed or I don't know what you do, but I have a, a table right by me where my lamp sits and put your Bible there. Open it up. A real Bible, okay? Not your phone, a real Bible, okay? I know you got one. You might have to find it, um, but use that real Bible. Open it up to where you're reading. And when you wake up, when that alarm clock goes off, before you stir, before you get up, before you turn on the news, before you go to your computer, before you go make coffee, before you read the newspaper, before you do anything, His word, first word. Now, go do life, all right? Do it whatever it is that you're going to do. And then when you come ready for bed and get ready to tuck yourself in before you get into whatever it is that you're going to do, before you start watching TV, before you start doing whatever it is, his word, last word. I'm going to tell you something. If you can get in that habit of his word, first word, his word, last word, I'm going to tell you something. God's peace is going to invade your life. You're going to find that you're going to get to know him through his word. And that anchor that you're looking for in the midst of that tornado that you're facing, that crisis that you're facing, that's what you're looking for. Memorize, okay? Memorizing God's word. I'm not asking you to memorize a whole chapter. I'm not even asking you to memorize um, the whole book. I'm asking you to memorize what's important to you. When you're reading his word, first word, his word, last word, when you run across one of those verses, then ask yourself, okay? Ask yourself, isn't that a verse I could probably memorize? I mean, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it on the refrigerator, say it out loud over and over. I know you can do it, okay? We memorize things that are important to us. I'm a brand new grandpa, and I'm going to tell you we watch Disney movies. Um, and I can tell you right now, Beauty and the Beast, um, The Lion King, um, Encanto, um, whatever it is, Tangled, all right, Hercules. I hate to admit this, 
but I probably know every single song, okay, in those movies. You know why? I sing them to my granddaughter. I've memorized them. I have memorized Disney songs. I've memorized my social security number. I've memorized where I live, the address. I've memorized all kinds of things in my life. I mean, I wonder how many of you could bake chocolate chip cookies right now from scratch. I mean, you don't need no recipe, all right? You just go to the kitchen and you just start throwing this in and you throw that in. You know why? Because a long time ago, you memorized a recipe. You know what it says. See, I'm going to tell you something. We memorize whatever we want to memorize. I'm a referee. I memorized rules for basketball, football, soccer, baseball. I have all kinds of rules memorized because it's important to me. Isn't God's word important to me? I mean, it's his good and perfect gift. And if there's a verse that speaks out to me, that helps me get through crisis, that encourages me in a hard time, why don't I memorize it? I mean, that's anchoring ourselves into God's word. That's going to give you that stability in the midst of a tornado. Today, you might not feel very strong. Today, you may not feel very powerful. But I'm telling you, the wisest thing you can do is get to know God through his word. Now, I want to close with what I began with, all right? Jesus said, everyone who pays attention to my word and puts it into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a solid foundation. And when the storms rose, and the rain poured, and the floodwaters rose, and the storm winds beat against it, that house did not collapse. Nothing moved because it was anchored to the rock. So let me ask you one last question. What is your anchor today? What are you anchoring your life on? I mean, is it on pop culture? Is it personal opinion? Or is it on the unchanging rock of God's eternal truth? If you're feeling a little bit unstable, if you're feeling a little bit shaky, get into the book. Get into the book. Read it. Study it. Memorize it. And meditate on it. And I guarantee you, God will get you through your next crisis. Amen? I think it's true. Matter of fact, I can tell you, I know it's true. Father, again, we thank you again for your word. Lord, so many times in our life, we take it for granted. Lord, so many times have I not treated it like the the precious gift that it is. Lord, it's your gift to me personally so that I can know you, I can trust you, and I can rely upon you. God, I pray that you would help me to get it, to know it even more and more and more and more. Father, it is truly the anchor that's going to get us through whatever storm is in front of us, whatever storm we're going through. And God, I praise you for it. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just want to say, man, get into God's word. It's never, ever going to disappoint you. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, 
Visit us online at reallifeyuma.com or download the Real Life Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Real Life Church Podcast.